This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. If you want to stay in the know about everything that's happening in Portsmouth, from news to culture to food, of course sport and Pompey, take out an online subscription with the Portsmouth News website today at Portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Not only do you get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting, but with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app, you get all the Portsmouth you need. Our trial offer starts at just £1 a month for the first three months. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk the Podcast. This week is a Michael Jacobs special as we welcome him to Fratton Park. We discuss his pedigree, what he'll bring to the team and what it means to others in Kenny Jacket's squad. We chat about John Marquis and that result against Shrewsbury at the weekend, although the least said about that the better. So plenty to talk about in this week's edition. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the latest the Pompey Talk, the podcast, or as we will discuss this week, it's now renamed the Michael Jacobs podcast for one week only. Uh, Pompey announced the brand new signing. Um, an exciting signing, and Walden, that Neil, that you are very excited about. By the way, well, welcome. We'll get round to you in a second. That's all right. <laughs> yes, uh, I, haven't, Neil. I, I haven't been as excited as I was for Karen McGeehan, which I'm not sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I think it's fantastic. It, it, Pompey needed new players, we knew that. And for me, this is the biggest signing this summer, without any doubt. Uh, it's an attacking player. I know Pompey can fiddle around with the full-backs and keep Sean Braggett permanently or whatever like that, but Pompey needs some more attacking power, something to inspire us, something to, to lift us, something to entertain us. We've not had that for so long. And finally, an, an all-out attacking player, whether he goes on the left wing, the right wing, the number 10, he scores goals, he dribbles, he attacks players. It's something to invigorate us all and lift us from this... this apathy at the moment and uh, I say you have to be encouraged and you look at his record he's won League One three times can anyone be unhappy about that well they probably could but come on yeah well are you just as pleased of course you are I mean speaks yourself doesn't his record he knows how to get out not only get out of the division he knows how to get out of it automatically with silverware to boot I mean you know you think of Paul Cook's side a couple of years ago that won the title in, in emphatic style and Jacobs was a key part of that team when Kenny Jackett won it at Wolves. He's 28, so you know he's still in the prime of his career, really, isn't he? He's still got a couple of years to give it. And, and you're looking at that sort of sign and thinking that's the nous that Pompey need now to get up into the, into the championship. They've lost a couple of key players a couple of years ago in Clark and Law and they weren't quite replaced. But... So you need, and it's difficult to to really find players of their quality again, isn't it? So if you can't get players of their quality, careers are on the up. Then the next best thing is to get someone with the experience who knows what it takes to get out of the division. Where he'll play will come on to, I'm sure, because it looks like he's earmarked for the for the number ten role, which he hasn't played in an awful lot, but he has played there. And given his his attributes and his, his skill set, you would think he'd be able to. To do a job in there, do a job in there, beg your pardon. So yeah, all all positives for me. I do remember him um, up at Wigan in 2017 when Pompey were just promoted and he absolutely tore Gareth Evans apart that day at the uh, 
at the DW. I think that was the last time we ever really played right back for Pompey after the, the League Two title <laughs> season. I think uh, I think it was Nathan Thompson had picked up an injury in pre-season and Drew Toll mm. start the first game and then Evans was there and Evans got red cards. And I think I think Neil before his two hundredth game last uh, last season at Wimbledon, we were speaking to him for press and there, uh, and acknowledged that day against Jacob that <laughs> he just got absolutely torn apart by him because he was he was that good. So yeah, all positives for me. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing him play. Neil, if I wanted to pander to the negativity that you often see on Twitter, um, but Will just touched on it there. Um, you associate Michael Jacob. 10 out left more than 10 in the number 10 role, but number 10 is the area that Kenny Jagger has clearly identified to be his position in the team this season. Is there any cause for concern whatsoever? Well, I spoke to the Wigan Journal who's followed Jacobs' progress in the last five years, and Jacobs has barely played number 10 for them. However, the player yesterday when he was giving his interview to Jordan, our colleague, um, mentioned that he can play 10. He's played there before in the past, so um, he knows what it's about. He's also playing the 4-2-3-1 system, which Cook took over to, to Wigan. As we know, that's his, his favoured one. So he knows the system. So I, I think if the player himself insists he can play 10, I think you've got to say, OK, all right, let's give him a chance. Let's, write him, let's not write him off before we've seen him play. Uh, I, read, I read so many people saying, what's the point? He can't play 10. player says he can. So let's give him a chance. Let's use our eyes, watch him, see how he does. If he struggles, fair enough, he can't play 10. But um, at the moment, you've got to uh, trust the player and the manager and see how he forms because he's got the attributes without any doubt. He's something that he's a, he's a style of player Pompey have not got in their squad. So I'm probably a desperate for a number 10. Um, the other question, of course, is I, I believe combining the right number 10 with the right centre forward. Ollie, playing by Ollie Hawkins is a, a lot more beneficial for a number 10 than perhaps John Marquis. So you've got that fit that in there as well. But I, I am ex genuinely excited about seeing him play because it's a position Pompey are desperate to fill, have been for a long time. They've tried all sorts there. Uh, Gareth Evans did very well for one season behind Hawkins, let's not forget. But uh, it's much, much needed. And uh, let's give him a chance, see how he is. He's, he's say, at this level especially... He's got an outstanding record. And as the Wurgen Journal said to me, Paul Kendrick, when he's seen him at League One level, he's actually playing below his level. Yeah. Well, do you think Saturday's goalless draw against Shrewsbury sped up this process? Uh, or do you think this has been in the offing for a while? No, it's been in the off, and I said, obviously, with Smoltix and missing out on Smoltix, it looked like Kenny Jack had quickly turned his attention to, to a player who he knows can can do a job in there. I mean, you do want, obviously, Smoltix is someone who is sort of meets the, the, the Pompey transfer sort of, you know, the, the tack that they take sort of someone on the up and looking for a player who is yet to hit the prime of his careers, have a sell-on value in a couple of years. If he does very well, obviously Pompey missed out on Smodzik, so he turned attention to, to Jacobs. And, you know, if, if, if he doesn't, uh, let, uh, Neil's right, let's see if he can do a job in the 10th first. Well, if it doesn't quite work, and there's nothing stopping Harness coming into the 10 and Jacobs going wide then or anything like that. Let's not forget that as well. But I do think after Saturday, Evans is... Neil's right, Evans has done superbly that season in the 10, especially the first half of the year. But... Now he, 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 it's just not quite working. It hasn't quite worked. Stevenage, Colchester, Evans didn't have his best game. And um, and against Shrewsbury, I mean, 
Pompey would, 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 would come on to that probably disjointed and devoid of ideas from open play a lot of the time, weren't they? So they need someone who's going to unlock a defence and be at the heart of things and touch what Jacobs can do that. Neil, the fact that Harness can play number 10, the fact that he can play right, left, I know some people will go, oh, here we go, Kenny Jackett's going to end up playing him in goalkeeper, no doubt, at some point. But having forwards with that flexibility does give Pompey a wee bit of at least vari- variability in their attack and play. And if, if it's not working out for Harness on the right or it's not working out for Jacobs, at least they can maybe swap around. Yeah, he's a versatile player. And we've seen Harness played in the playoffs, didn't he? That, that game at Oxford away and he played as a 10 and did well. So they've talked, they've actually talked about playing Harness there. So um, mm. they've got a few options there now. It's, it's a, it's, it, it inspires you more an attacking player coming than a defender, than a fullback. Uh, I know they still want a centre-half, but that's not really important at this moment in time because you've got Jack, you've got Raggett. So they need a centre-half because they need cover. But yeah. the crucial, pivotal signing they needed to make was a number 10, an attacking midfielder. And they've got that now. And you look at the squad, and for me, Cannon can't play there. Cannon's probably best in a 4-4-2, really, if anything. Um, and Evans, as I say, has not sparkled there in recent times. So they need somewhere for that role. For some people, it, it doesn't work. I remember Jackie in his first season playing Kyle Bennett there for a bit. And it never worked, did it? Bennett's shooting wasn't good enough, is it? Um, and Evans has probably been the best there. Pittman played there for a while, of course, as well. But then Pittman, you've got, you got mobility issues and things like that. So um, Jacob will come in. He's got, apparently, he's an excellent dribble of the ball. Um, and he's a hard worker. And he's got a very good goal scoring record from the wings. So he gives all that for that position. And uh, I'll say I'm looking forward to seeing him play. And let's just let's give him a chance. Let's, yeah, I know. I know that I did read a bit of negativity saying he's not a proper number ten. Well, well, he says he can play there. Let's watch. Yeah, they well, are few and far between proper number tens as well. Let's be honest. At this level, someone who's who's really at the heart of everything. I know Nate Smith did it when Pompey were, won the title in two thousand and seventeen, but they are difficult to come by really, unless you can get one in. And you know, maybe Jacobs can do that. He hasn't had a chance in that position, has he? So, what's saying that that he can't do it? Yeah, mm. uh, I think it was pretty obvious from the Shrewsbury game, just going back to that, well, that Pompey just lacked something going forward. And it seems to have been a theme that's, that's, that's been there even last season and again in the, in the Oxford playoffs where you were just wanting somebody to create something, just add a wee bit of sparkle. Um, again, it was evident on Shrewsbury. Curtis Harness on their day can be, yeah, they can be great, but they go missing quite a few times. So... It's refreshing to have somebody in there who can vary that attack up, can give something different and create create things that at this moment in time probably just don't seem capable of doing at the minute. Yeah, I mean, your wingers are going to have off days, aren't they? Wingers always have off days, don't they? Sometimes the 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, sometimes they don't do it. And it didn't help on Saturday that both wingers had a bit of an off day, really. Harness have to lighten up Colchester was very subdued against Colchester. Curtis was a little bit better in the second half, especially, but he couldn't get into the game as much as he probably liked to. So then you're looking for, for the 10 then to create something, and Evans is industrious and puts a shift in and gets goals in, and, but he's not someone who will maybe carve a defence open, and, and Mark was, was starved of service, wasn't he? But, you know, when, when Lee Brown is the man who, who goes closest for you with, what, three... 
three free kicks, one of them. I'm convinced he was going for goal on that long range one. I'm probably <laughs> not. No, he, I'm not convinced he was going for goal on that one. Then you've got Naylor and, and Watmore, your next two, who, who had chances when not only front four have real goal score, don't have real goal scoring opportunities. That's that's a bit worrying, isn't it? That's a bit worrying when you're waiting for your, your defensive players, you're waiting for dead ball situations for your goals to arrive. I know Jacka does put a lot of emphasis on on dead balls. Dead balls, I think he says 30. 35% of goals, something like that, come from it. You only have to look at, at Liverpool against Leeds on, um, you know, a couple of hours after that. I said, you know, how many of their goals come from set pieces? So he is right when it comes to that, but your front four have got to fire and they've got to be creating chances and creating opportunities because if not, then you're limiting your, your chances to to open the score. And that's what, that's what happens on Saturday. It was very disjointed, very poor. and Marquez must have been frustrated because you know he, he, the one chance he might have got when he goes for on goal, he gets clipped up. Otherwise, there was there was there was a scarce uh, there was scarce service for him. Now, uh, we're, we're, well, I say with, with Saturday, I don't buy that it was a good. I've read somewhere people saying it's a decent point. It's not. Shrewsbury finished fifteenth last year. You know, they, they, you, you've got to beat sides like Shrewsbury at Fratton Park. Yeah, to be in contention for the for the. Promotion, automatic promotion. Like that. that that is not a good result. It was not a good performance. Um, for me, the same issues are still glaring: the lack of creativity, the the style was poor to watch. Um, the only only bright point was Watmore. Um, and don't get me wrong, Harness and Curtis have been massive players this year. I think Harness could be proved to be Player of the Year as well. He's he's a developing player, outstanding player. They have off days but Pompey's still got the issue with the number 10 they've still got an issue with a, with a striker at the moment because Marquis still can't fire in that system Pompey still can't get the best out of him for whatever reason so um, uh, the, the manager's got to look at that as well does he put does he put Harrison back in now he's fit although he's got a lack of practice so um, there's, there's those issues but at least we're, we're going to have now Jacobs there in that number 10 for a while anyway to do assess his performance and hopefully he can lift the side because we can't have more performances like Saturday. Saturday was two points dropped. And yeah, I know yeah. people say no disrespect to Shrewsbury, whatever. Shrewsbury, 15th last year, you have to beat them. And Pompey really didn't come that close, let's face it. It was not good enough. Yeah, even if, Pompe- if Pompey has created you know, a load of chances and the keeper had made four or five top-class saves or whatever and Pompey at the post or whatever, you'd have, you'd have come back thinking, all right, we've dropped two points, but at least we've seen that, you know, the, the, the signs are there. We've played well and another day the, the chance will go in. There was nothing like that, wasn't there, Saturday? No. There was absolutely nothing to even take positives from, attacking-wise especially. Well, was... I, remember the, I remember the first game of the title season um, at home to Carlisle. It was 1-0. The Carlisle keeper, I think it was Gillespie, had the game of his life. Mm. He was unbelievable, absolutely outstanding. And Pompey just couldn't get past him. And I know fans were disappointed afterwards that you couldn't beat Carlisle at home. Uh, but you can at least say, well, that keeper never plays as well as that again. Yeah, um, yeah. And as we've said, Saturday, it was just poor, barely a shot on target, not good enough. Um, and that's two points dropped straight away. And let's not, worry, let's not worry about other people. Let's not worry about how Peterborough lost or Oxford lost. Let's concentrate on Pompey. I mean, Saturday was very, very poor. Um, but there's still plenty of time of the season to go. And I still think Pompey get in the playoffs at the very least. So, let's see. 
Well, um, Neil mentioned John Mark was trying to get the best out of him. Um, Guy Whittingham on Solent on Saturday, sort of he said he needs to concentrate on his craft more. Don't get involved in too many play outside the box. He needs to focus on scoring goals and staying in the box. I was going to say, is that a fair assessment? But at the end of the day, Guy Whittingham's a, a goal-scoring legend, so he should know what, what gets the best out of a striker. Yeah, I don't like to, to say that guy was <laughs> wrong, to be fair. Like, I mean, Mark, he does make, when he's got service, he makes some good runs, though, to be fair. We've seen that at Gosport the other week. He makes some decent runs. And he, he, get, he, he does create, he does get himself in some decent decent positions. Colchester, he missed another one. Sometimes it's, it, it takes a couple of goals to, to find the back of the net as well. But Saturday, I just think it was just sort of, yeah, I can understand what, I can definitely understand what he's saying. Like, the, the but, it must be frustrating as a striker to be devoid of service and then you, you get frustrated and you start coming out and you start looking for the ball, I suppose, because you want to see more of the ball, you want to touch it a little bit more and you, you just want to get involved in the play and you want to see whether you can link it up and, and you can sort of do it. And, and obviously, Mark was coming in for a million pounds plus. He probably feels that, that he, he might have to do that. Maybe he feels the burden might be on him a little bit to, to get the team going because he's come, on, come in for this this big transfer fee, but you know, it, it must be difficult. I think I read on, on Sunday, Harry Kane had two tough touches inside of the box for Tottenham against Everton. Like, I mean, you've got to give these players service, haven't you? No matter if you're a top class England striker like Harry Kane or a League One striker like Marcus, you've got to give these strikers the ammunition to be able to, to put the ball in the back of the nest. I can definitely understand what guy's saying, like, he's 100% right, but as well. You've got to somehow find a way to find him in these positions because there's no point in him getting in these goal-scoring positions if if he's going to be starved of service. Neil, you mentioned um, Gareth Evans a few times already as well. What do you think Jacob's arrival means for Gareth Evans going forward? First of all, to replace him in the team, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? So that, that that's that's a big one. Um, so yeah. It, He's had a funny time, Gareth Evans. Or say funny is the wrong word. I don't think he finds it particularly amusing. But um, in the last year, he's been in and out of the teams. He, I remember he, he played. He was brought into the team at Gillingham away, New Year's Day. Outstanding man of the match. Scored in his return. Mm. Then he's dropped next game. Um, and I remember that we made him man of the match. Solent made him man of the match. I'm sure other people thought he was man of the match that game. And he was dropped next game. So that's the issue. And he's been in and out of the side, particularly the second half of last year. Um, came into the side against Arsenal from absolutely nowhere. So for him, it's difficult. He just he's, he doesn't know where he stands, does he? And uh, a very frustrating year for him last year, which he says it's it's the uh, fewest amount of appearances he's ever had in his career in a season. Um, this year he starts in the side the first three games, and now Jacobs comes in, doesn't he? Without any doubt. So we'll see how it pans out for him. He's in the final year of his contract. Tremendous servant. But you still need him around the place, don't you, for his experience, the, the character he is. Uh, yeah. And also, uh, if Jacobs, only happens to Jacobs, who else can play that number 10? Uh, Cannon, I don't think Cannon can play there. Um, Evans is the only one that could do that. I don't think Marcus can play there either. So you still need him. So he'd still be uh, an important person to be in matchday squads. Yeah. You get the impression, though, well, with Jacobs' track record, Evans has played the, started the past three games. 
Jacobs comes in, you'll probably find Evans is out of the squad completely. And if it, if it needs freshened up midway through the second half, he's going to chuck on Ryan Williams or, or Andy Cannon to fill those spots. And, and Gareth Evans is out, out the door already. You never know, do you, Jack? As I remember that after Gillingham, actually. Uh, and I was waiting for him to also buy the, the dressing room. He said, oh, guys, we always a quick, quick interview. And went, oh, I hate doing these because I always get dropped the next game. And <laughs> lo and behold, the <laughs> So I did feel a little bit guilty. Like I, I said to him at the time, there's no way. I said to him at the time, actually, there's no way he can drop you after that, is there? <laughs> and lo and behold, he gets dropped. Like, but you are right because if you're looking at the options on the bench now, I mean, go back to Saturday, you're probably looking at obviously the goalkeeper, probably Bass when he comes back. And then you've got Bolton, Pring, Close, Cannon. What was it, Williams and um, Williams Harrison. and uh, Harrison? Who, who, who does ha- who does he come into onto the bench for? Close, possibly. Do you need Close and Cannon? But it wouldn't surprise you at all if he wasn't if he was left out of the match. What was it? I mean, you never yeah, know. Yeah, it's jacket, do you? It is a difficult one to to weigh up because you know there's been times like I think it was Bolton away last season. He obviously made the journey up all the way there, and he wasn't in the squad. I think he was there. He's quite peeved by that, like making the, the journey all the way up. And I think it's Hacker Fairchild, like 20th man. So, you know, that's the thing. It's not even like <laughs> half the time you go on these away days. It's not even like, oh, oh yeah, guys, yeah, stay at home. You know, on the squad, like you're still going to travel travel up to these <laughs> these long trips, haven't you? I think that would make it even more frustrating if you're on the squad. <laughs> so, obviously, Jack has got a decision. It'll, it, it'll be between... I think it'll be between Close and and Evans. Obviously, Close wasn't in the in the playoff squads and didn't get on against uh, Colchester or or Stevenage. Stevenage. Um, Cannon's a bit more versatile. You can bring him on in the ten or deeper. Even come on left wing, didn't he against Colchester? So I think that might give him a nod. So I think it might be come. It might boil down between Evans and Close. And if you got off Evans, I mean, bloody hell, you've gone from starting the first three games to potentially being being out of the squad. That's not to say it's going to happen, but I mean, it must be... Did you swear? Did <laughs> I you swear? Swore. Yeah. I don't think that's swearing from where I come from, but it must be uh, <laughs> it, must, it must be demoralising if, if it is him, so hopefully but it's a long season, as it's been said there's going to be plenty of games coming up coming thick and fast, and uh, so I'm sure he's still got a, a big part to play, and as Neil said, if Jacob, anything happens to Jacobs, and it's a natural placement. Now, talking about games coming up thick and fast, Brighton on Thursday night, you've also got the question of Jack Watmore. What do you do? Do you try and get him game time so that, one, he gets match fitness, and two, he builds up an understanding of ragged, or do you still play it slightly careful that you don't overdo it with Jack? Burn in mind how important he now looks like he's going to be this season for Pompey. I'd rest him. Let's not mess around here. It's, it's, a, it's the League Cup. It doesn't matter. What more is more important? The team's more important. Promotion's more important. Let's not get silly. Rest him. At the moment, you, you, there's, a, there's a big spoke in him of two games a week. I think there's eight games in October. Um, uh, he's just coming back from his injury. Um, there's no point in risking him. Put Downing there if need be. If Pompey lose, so be it. You've got to protect Jack Watmore, not put him out in for meaningless games. If they're that concerned about him not having enough match action, they should have played him in the pre-season more, shouldn't they, really? Yeah. Because when Pompey played Brighton, he didn't play a minute in that behind-closed-doors game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, you've got to look after him. Jack says he's fine. He knows his body very well. He's been here before. Um, he's no mug. Uh, if he feels anything, he'll say it. 
Uh, Bobby Bassett is an extremely good, well-respected physio as well. So you leave it to them. But what is the point of risking it for a meet? And it is a meaningless cup for Pompey. They're not going to go to the final. It doesn't matter. It's all about promotion. Don't risk him. Just give him a little rest. Bring him back for Rochdale. That's it. Because for me, he's Pompey's best defender. Let's not be silly here. Okay. Well, I'm conscious of time, so we're going to wrap up here pretty sharpish. But just going back to the main subject at hand, Michael Jacobs. You mentioned yourself that Pompey missed out on Smodich. Now that Pompey brought Jacobs in, who's got the better deal at the end of the day? Um, probably, probably Peterborough, I'd say, even though they've paid a million pounds, just because Smodich is 23, 24, is still on a little bit of an upward curve and um, room to improve there. And there's a sell on value potentially. Obviously, he didn't hit heights many, 40 might have at Bristol City in the Championship. But if he proves there might be a bit of a sell on there. Obviously, Pompey have given. Jacobs is what, 28 now? He's probably in the prime of his career. Is he going to get a lot better? Probably not, no. I mean, but if you look on it from a, from a monetary way, Pompey have obviously got an exceptional player who is decent value for, obviously, exceptional value for money. But just because Smodic is 23, 24 and his career is still on the up, I just think that potentially they might have the best, de- the better, better deal. I'm not saying the best deal, but potentially a little bit better, hopefully improving wrong. Trust Rooney nailed the end on a negative note. There's me thinking he might go, you know what, Pompey have got the better deal here. They've got him on a free transfer. Again, his prime, he goes the opposite way and starts talking about money and sell-on values. Talk about negativity. <laughs> I think, the thing is about Peter, for me, if they'd have continued last year, I, I saw them getting in the top two. However, Despite Smodic being you know, a wonderful performer and Tony and everything like that, when the season finished, they weren't in the playoffs. So they weren't that far ahead of everyone else at that stage, were they? <clears throat> and Smodic had been there, what, three months, three and a half months by that stage. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to be very strong this year, but they weren't that far ahead of everyone else, were they, at the time? Let's face it. Um, Pompey themselves were coming on strong as well uh, until they got one point from the final two games. So we'll see. Again, I, I want to I want to see Jacob first. I don't really want to judge him on his CV, saying, "Well, he's won the three title three times, therefore he's the best ever player." I just want to watch him first, and then we'll say, "Okay, we'll see how good he is." Because uh, I think it's, it's too it's, it's too easy to judge a player on purely his name, uh, and many supporters do that. If Pompey brought in a player who was forty from the Premier League, uh, whose legs had gone, they'd hail him as a wonderful signing. But you've got to watch him first before you make judgment. And uh, that's what we do with Jacob because his CV is excellent at this level. So let's see how he does. Good stuff. Okay, lads, it was always going to be a short and sweet one this time. Thank you again for your time. And thank you all for tuning in to listening to the latest Pompey Talk podcast. We'll see you all again next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for just £1 a month for the first three months for everything you need to know about Portsmouth and more.